0: and Ladies, welcome to the Junior
1: Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder, but don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Greetings Junior Scholars, I am Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. And a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode and especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five bucks a month. Now today is the finale of the Siegfried and Brunhilde series. The story is called, How Siegfried Finds Brunhilde. But before we get to the story. Lost and found words. Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is plaintive with a P, plaintive. This means sounding sad and mournful. Our next word is presumptuous, with a P, presumptuous. This has to do with a person's behavior. It means failing to observe the limits of what is permitted or appropriate. Wotan considers Siegfried to be a presumptuous or overbold youth. Our next word today is quail with a Q, quail. This means to feel or show fear or apprehension. You could also say cower, cringe or tremble. And our last word today is forfeit with a F, forfeit. This means to lose or be deprived of property or a right or privilege as a penalty for wrongdoing. Grunhilda's life as a Valkyrie was forfeit or lost once she disobeyed Wotan and married a mortal man. That's all for today's Lost and Found Words. Now on to the show! Last time on the Junior Classics, Siegfried was raised by the wicked dwarf Mimi, Siegfried learned his father was Sigmund, a great hero, and he reforged the remains of his father's sword, Needful. Mimi challenged Siegfried to discover what fear is by challenging him to defeat the great dragon, Fefnir. In reality, Mimi wanted Siegfried to kill the dragon so Mimi could take all the dragon's treasure and then he would poison Siegfried so he could keep all the treasure himself. But when a bit of the dragon's blood spilled on Siegfried, he gained the power of understanding the language of the birds, and a bird warned him of Mimi's evil plans. Siegfried destroyed the evil Mimi and is on his way to learn what fear is if he can find Brunhilde and pass through the ring of fire that guards her as she sleeps. Siegfried finds Brunhilda. For many a day, Siegfried journeyed, keeping the bird always in sight. At night, he slept under a tree, and the bird rested in a branch above. But with the first whisper of dawn, Siegfried would start up, impatient to be off again. Over mountain and valley, across river and lake, Siegfried followed as though his feet were shod with invisible wings, never flagging, never weary. He came at length one evening to a narrow pass in the mountains. The way seemed to lead upwards, but daylight was fading, and Siegfried could see nothing clearly. All at once, the birds circled rapidly over his head, sang a few sweet half-plaintive notes, and then soaring upwards, vanished out of sight. In the same moment, a deep voice spoke close at hand. Halt! What seekest thou here? Siegfried went forward, and standing in the narrow way, he saw a tall, dark form. I seek for the fire-girt mountain, where the beautiful maiden sleeps. Canst thou tell me the way? Who told thee of such a maiden? A singing bird gave me the good news. By tasting the blood of a dragon, I learned the language of the birds, and I know my bird spake true. He was getting impatient at so many questions, and anxious to go on his way. So, thou hast slain old Fephnyr, and with what weapon did it strike thy death blow, bold youth? The stranger was in no hurry, evidently with my father's splinted sword, which I welded together again. But who first shaped that mighty sword? That I neither know nor care. 'Twas a mighty useless weapon till I took it in hand, that I know. If thou canst not direct me on the road I seek, hold thy peace, and let me pass on my way. Softly, young sir, thou dost not know with whom thou speakest, I know that this path leads onwards to my lady, for thither pointed the bird before he left me, so make way and let me pass. Ho, ho, the bird fled to save its life. The way it pointed, thou shalt never pass, presumptuous youth. Ha, and who art thou to arrest my steps? I am the guardian of yon mountain, where sleeps the maiden Brunhilde, A wall of flame encircles her, which even to approach would scorch thee to death. Be gone then, rash fool, for to win thy way one step farther, thou must first overcome the mountain's guardian. Placing himself in the middle of the road, the stranger loomed above Siegfried, gigantic and immovable as the rock itself. But Siegfried remained unawed, Begone, thyself, old boaster. Think not to scare me with such tales. I love the fire's blaze, so out of my way, for I haste to where Brunhilda sleeps. Thou fearest not the fire? Then fear this, my spear, for it shall bar thy way, this spear, which once already has shattered thy father's sword. The sky had now become lurid a terrific tempest was gathering. At the stranger's words, Siegfried sprang forward and drawing needful from the scabbard, shouted exultingly, Have I then found my father's foe? Thanks be to the gods for letting me avenge his death. There was a rushing sound of wings in the storm clouds overhead. Anxious faces peered down on the scene. The warrior maidens, hovering above on their war horses, trembled and paled as they beheld the spear which once had been the terror of the world hewn to pieces while their father recoiling at last before the fiery youth cried half triumphantly in spite of his defeat advance i cannot bar thy way for wotan's heart never failed to rejoice in a real hero even though he fought against him a terrific clap of thunder followed and a dark cloud swept over the fighters. When it rolled away, Siegfried looked in vain for his mysterious foe. He had vanished. Now, through the fire, to win my bride, cried Siegfried joyously, and leapt up the mountainside. A ruddy glow soon told him he was nearing the fiery wall, and gusts of hot air swept across his face. Taking his silver horn, Siegfried blew a call which echoed far and near to greet my sleeping love and now the fire was all about him bursting up under his feet pouring down from the skies rushing round on every side this is glorious shouted Siegfried plunging eagerly onwards and laughing the fierce flames which had scared so many nearly to death did not even scorch a hair of Siegfried's head, for the magic fire injured only those who retreated. He who dashed fearlessly onward remained unharmed. Higher and higher up the mountain Siegfried went. Emerging at last from the flames, he found himself on the summit of a rocky peak, clad with tall, dark pine trees. He looked around him and rejoiced for very joy to be alive in such a fair world. The stillness was wonderful. Not a sound could be heard, for the woodbird would not build his home so near the sky, and the fire had kept out all wingless intruders. Presently, Siegfried saw, standing motionless under the trees, a stately horse. On going nearer, he was astonished to find that on his feet were wings his eyes were closed in profound sleep. Siegfried stroked his flowing mane. Awake, good Steed, the sun has risen. This is no time for sleeping. His voice rang out clear as the silver horn, and with a start, Granny awoke. But Siegfried looked around in vain for the bride Brunhilde, suddenly. The rising sun struck with its glittering light on an object under a distant pine. Siegfried hastened forward and with wonder beheld a sleeping form clad from head to foot in shining armor. Here is some warrior for sure. This heavy helmet must press sorely on his head. I will loosen it for him. He stooped, lifted the shield and then carefully unfastened the helmet. As he removed it, the sleeper's hair rolled out in long curling locks of burnished gold. Siegfried started. Never had he seen anything so fair as that calm, proud young face framed in the wavy, shining curls. So still lay the sleeping warrior, so motionless. Siegfried bent down and listened anxiously for the deep, slow breathing. This coat of mail must weigh heavily on him. I will open it. But in vain he sought to find a fastening. Everywhere the iron rings closed tightly round. To Siegfried, who had never seen a soldier and knew of no weapon save a sword, this iron garment seemed a terrible inconvenience, almost as cumbersome as old Fefnir's scales. He determined to free the young warrior that he might at least sleep in comfort. So taking out his sword, he carefully cut through the rings of mail down each side and then lifted off the corselet and greaves. As he did so, great was his astonishment to see lying before him a maiden in soft flowing garments. He started back, his heart beat wildly. This must be none other than the maiden Brunhilde Then he who had never known fear, who laughed in the face of the terrible dragon, quailed not before Wotan the mighty god, and dashed fearlessly through the fire, sank down trembling and afraid before the sleeping maiden. What is this feeling? Can this be fear? Awake! Awake, O beautiful maid! he cried, kneeling at her side. Still, She did not stir. Bending over Brunhilde, Siegfried pressed his lips to hers. Slowly, she opened her eyes. Siegfried started back. She sat up, dazed and wondering. Then her eyes rested on him. For a moment, neither moved. But the silence between them said more than words. And though only a brief few instants went by, much happened in the time for Siegfried passed from boyhood to manhood and Brunhilde passed from the land of dreams and shadows back to the warm living earth at last she spoke
0: hail thou sunshine and light and lovely daytime long has been my sleep
1: then fixing shining eyes on Siegfried
0: and who art thou, who hast awakened me out of my sleep?
1: I am Siegfried. Through the flames, I won my way to thee. My sword, it has cut through the armor. O most glorious maiden, Brunhilda gazed at him in wonder and delight.
0: Siegfried, so thou art indeed, Siegfried, who has awakened me. Siegfried, of whom in times long past I dream, My son, art thou awakening me out of night and darkness."
1: These words made Siegfried happier than ever. Never had his highest hopes or wildest dreams pictured one so fair and noble as this goddess made. For her sake, what would he not do or dare? but Brunhilde was now gazing sadly at her cast-off armor and shield on the ground. Slowly, the words of her father's curse were coming back to her. Never more to ride free through the heavens, to be a mortal woman wedded to a mortal man. Gently and sadly, she pushed Siegfried from her side and tried to turn his thoughts from herself.
0: See there, my faithful steed, He also has been awakened by Siegfried, the sun god. Once he bore me through the heavens and shared my life among the gods of Valhalla. With me also he slept. See how joyfully he has come back to life. Alas, Siegfried, my hero, it is through you I forfeit my glorious estate. Brunnhild the Valkyrie is no more. She is dead indeed.
1: Siegfried saw that a harder task yet remained to him than dashing through the fire or cutting through steel. But he went on undaunted, for he felt his newfound love strong and great enough to carry him through all difficulties. Thou sleepest still, my beloved. I have but opened thy glorious eyes. Oh, wake and rejoice that thou livest. So spake Siegfried, and his passionate pleading turned at last as a magic key, the locked door of Brunhilda's proud heart, which to no god or man had yielded before. She turned to him, and as Siegfried clasped her to his heart, Brunhilde renounced forever all she had counted most dear, all longings for the old free Valkyrie life, all dreams of bygone glory with the gods in Valhalla. Now that her heart was won, Brunhilde gave it all, once and forever. And a great and noble gift it was, worth any hero's winning at any cost. I sure hope you enjoyed the Siegfried and Brunhilde stories. I know I did. Next time, we begin a new series titled The Story of Lohengrin. Lohengrin is a Knight of the Holy Grail sent in a boat pulled by swans to rescue a maiden who can never ask his identity. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten, so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the Junior Classics. <laughs> and now, the finale of the music drama by Richard Wagner titled The Ring of the Nibelung, based on the characters from Germanic heroic legends. This is the final epic drama titled "Götterdämmerung," Twilight of the Gods.